Hi, and welcome back to our broadcast. Today, we're going to be looking in uh, the writings of the Apostle Paul in the book of Hebrews, and it's chapter 13. And, and in chapter 12, this is where the Apostle Paul, he, he, he talks about how uh, amazing and awesome God is, and God is, a, is, a, is to be awed and reverenced and fear and how amazing that God is. And, and he goes and he talks about God in the way of a, you know, God, God corrects those who he loves. And he goes on and talks about this. He talks about the, how God is an all consuming fire. And then the very next chapter in verse 13, the title of it is sacrifices that are pleasing to God. But, you know, and this thought came to me, do you want to please God? And if you do, what does it take to please him? First of all, we know that Jesus Christ has, has paid the price for us to be worthy and righteous before our Heavenly Father, but we still, what, what is our part? What part do we have to be pleasing to the Father? You know, I have, as, as children in a relationship between parents and, a children, and children, you know, Annette and I have six children of our own now, four grandchildren, and, and when, you, when, when children are growing up and they see the parent, the father, the grandparents, they want to do things that are pleasing to them. They want to do things that make them smile. And nobody likes to be someone to be, look at you with disappointment or the, or correction. And there are things that we as believers can do to be pleasing to our father. And the, the greatest thing we can do is to be an imitator of Christ, to be an imitator of the example that he set before us. And uh, Hebrews chapter 13, this is going to go into things that are pleasing to our Heavenly Father. This is, as the Apostle Paul is instructing those that he's writing to, to be pleasing, to be a, a, the sacrifices that you make, do things that are honoring and, 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 uh, worthy of our Heavenly Father, worthy of the one that has created all of the universe, worthy of the one that has redeemed us, worthy of the one that has given us the gift of life. And we'll go on and look at this and, and I pray that you get something out of this. I pray that the Holy Spirit takes a hold of this and and uh, inspires you through this word, inspires you not just my word, but his word and reveals things to you to, to ins- inspire you, to stir you up, to be more like him. So let me go ahead and open up this in prayer. Father, in the name that is above every name, Lord, we worship you today and we thank you, Lord God, for, for moving and working on our behalf. We thank you, Lord God, for revealing to us, Lord, the the attributes of Christ and revealing to us how we're supposed to live and walk as men on the earth, but as uh, with God on the inside of us, that Lord, we are examples and, and representation of who you are. And Father, we thank you today. We worship you for who you are, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace that is ever, Lord God, it, it can't be, we can't fathom how great and awesome it is, but it's always working for us. And your love and your, your grace, your mercy is chasing after us. And Lord, we thank you for who you are and for are, uh, expanding on the inside of us and showing us who we are in you. And Lord, we thank you today in the name that's above every name, the precious name of Jesus. So in Hebrews chapter 13, and I I'll, we'll probably go into this in a few different, I, I, I like reading now the New Living. Um, in verse one, it says, uh, things that are pleasing to God, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Verse two, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. The Passion Translation says in the verse one, no matter what, 
Make room in your heart to love every believer and show hospitality to strangers for they may be angels from God showing up as your guest. You never know. I've heard testimonies of, of different people who have, who have uh, been in a position where they've needed help and someone came to their help and when they turned around to thank them, that person was gone. No longer there. Not enough time to get out of the way. Not enough time to get in the car and drive off. And they knew that it had to be an angel of the Lord that was sent to rescue them. So you always need to watch. Be careful who you're talking to because you may have just entertained an angel. In verse 3, New Living Translation, um, Remember those in prison as as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Don't love money, but be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. I'm going to read that in verse 5 because this is in, especially in the time that we're living in, many of us are facing financial uh, challenges. Fin- you know, things have changed in the last few months uh, I just went to the grocery store for my wife, and and as I'm going to the grocery store, I'm like, "What in the world is going on? Why has why is the? I mean, butter, uh, butter was like, oh my! I said, babe, what? Why is this butter so expensive? It used to be like a dollar, two dollars. Now it's like, you know, to get a thing of butter, it was it was seven or eight dollars, and I'm like, what in the world is happening here? I think that I got the pricing right, but anyway, she usually does the shopping. But but I know that the prices on things have skyrocketed, and there are some things are double than what they are. And you know what? As I was walking through the store, I thought, you know, this is demonic. This feels so devilish or demonic to have to to something that normally would cost you in uh, you know uh, half of what it is. And in just a short amount of time, yeah, we understand that over time things grow and they, they change, but to have things to double like they have and for people that are having to, you know, just to feed their, their families and they're having to choose what to get and choose, you know, uh, what to, to give up or to all of these things, you know, I, I know that we are, are so blessed to be here in America and there are people that are, that are, have it far worse than we do. And we're so, even the prices that we're paying, we're still more blessed than many nations are. But it, but that type of thing that happens where it takes food out of, out of your uh, children's mouth or the money that you have to do that you could do other things with or, or to do more with or to help other people with. And now you have to, to pay double for these things. It just really feels demonic to me. But and as he and so reason why I was bringing that in is a bit you know uh, so the challenges that we're facing with finances today and we have to believe God through this all and God is our source and God is our supply and so whatever we have need of we may have to change things but but trusting in the Lord and and keeping our faith that our heavenly Father will take care of us no matter what that we are His and He is ours and and He says don't love money and I believe in the in the King James version let me ch- uh, and this is the way many people uh, read this but in the King James let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. So covetousness is the love of money. Be with, uh, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So he's given a promise here. And then I'm going to jump back into the, into the new living. Um, 
in the New Living, it says, uh, verse five, don't love money, but be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Don't let your mind be so wrapped up in the money or or what you have to attain or have to get to for and forget that God is your source and that he will never abandon or forsake you. And the message translation says, don't be obsessed with getting more material things, but be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us, I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you. All the things in this world, all the things that we could attain will never amount to the the what God has given us and the love that he has for us and that the promise that he will take care of us. He is a father. He is the good dad in uh, verse six. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? The Passion Translation in verse 6 says, So we can say with great confidence, I know the Lord is for me, and I will never be afraid of what people may do to me. The Message Translation says, We can boldly quote, God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Who or what can get me? Get to me. And I know me growing up as a, you know, I was a timid child and even to speak before people, it took God to change me. It took God, it took the power of God to get me up in front of people because when I was in high school, I was so afraid to stand in front of people. I was so scared to get up in front of people that I would literally almost throw up when I would hear that we were getting ready to have a speech or we were going to have to do a speech. And in high school, I took a zero on every speech that we had. I refused to get up in front of people because I was so terrified and afraid. God is God is saying, don't be afraid of what men can do to you. I wish I had got this verse on the inside of me. Maybe I would have stood up faster. I would have stood up longer. But it took God to 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 put his his word on the inside of me and his passion to be able to press through that fear of what is it that we're so afraid of? What is it? Why is it that public speaking is one of the number one fears that that people people have? One of the greatest fears that people have is public speaking. Where are we? We're afraid of being shamed. We're afraid of be, looking like we're an idiot. We're, we, we, you know, what, what really, when you stop and think of it, what are people going to do? Especially here in America. I mean, if you mess up or you fail or you get up in front of people and you flop and you do a terrible job, they don't usually throw things at you. They don't haul you off to jail. They don't take your life just because, you know, you're not put in the electric chair or, 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 uh, executed because that you, failed at a speech, but we're the terror, the, the fear or the dread or the torment that, that comes with just thinking about standing up in front of people. There is a fear of man and God does not want us to be tormented by what men, what, what man could do to us because God is greater. And what, what is after this life? What leaves after this? Where, what is after this moment of time? is all of eternity and what they could do to us here on the earth is nothing. God has got prepared for us a place and a home and, and a kingdom without end. So we don't have to have that fear, but, but our emotions want to, want to be uh, terrified and dread and tormented just to be able to speak in front of people. But when we realize who we are, our confidence is in the Lord. Our confidence comes from the Lord. It's not in the, my ability to speak because there are, there are so many people, more, uh, more 
people that can speak greater than I do. I mess up on my words. I fumble through it. I say the wrong word. My English is not correct all the time. I am by far not the best public speaker there is. And sometimes I listen to the broadcast because I'm checking things out, seeing how if I if the audio's right or whatever. And I'm like, wow, I, who in the world would want to listen to you? Your voice is so. But listen, this is where God takes what we say and puts his super on our natural and takes someone who can't speak very well and the words that come out of us at the right moment, at the right time for someone changes someone's life. We have the words of life to bring to someone. We have the words of life to to speak into someone's life who is tormented or is full of fear or, or doesn't have enough money. And we're able to, to take the good news of the gospel and say, listen, God is your source. God will take care of you. Anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will not be put to shame. God will not fail you. He, he says right here, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So don't covet after money thinking that money is your source or your answer, but covet after God desire God, love and want, crave God himself because a relationship with him will bring into your life everything that you'll ever need. A relationship with your heavenly father will bring into your life whatever you have need of and whatever you're facing in life, God will be with you and you will not have to go through it alone. Yes, sometimes we face hard, very difficult times. We face uh, death of loved ones or, or situations in, in life where we have changes or we, we may suffer loss of things. But God is a restorer. God will take you from a place of destruction or a place that you never thought you could get out of and He will carry you over and carry you through. He will take you out of a, a situation that nobody in this world could ever take you out of and God will lead you right through it. God will open up doors for you. God will, God will bring a job to you that no, that you didn't even know existed. God will put you before people that will be a help to you or a partner with you. God will bring you before people that'll that'll uh, encourage you. And and when you're feeling your emotions are or you feel like you, you're you on the verge of suicide and then someone walks beside you or someone calls you on the phone or comes up to you and says, hey, listen, God is greater than this situation and God loves you. Hold on to him. Don't don't worry about what you're going through as, as much as, as being concerned about your relationship with God. Trust God and they bring hope to you and they tell you that God is loves you and God will take care of you and God will help you even though you don't have the answer. You don't know how to get out of this situation or you feel like that it's the end, you're at the end of your rope. No, God is going to help you. And when that words of life and hope and peace comes or they say, listen, God's led me here. I'm going to, I'm going to be here with you. I'll walk through this with you. I I know that, um, you know, my wife, a lot of people call my wife. She is so full of wisdom and they call her about all types of questions. And, and, uh, it does, it's, it, it seems like no matter what they ask her, she has an answer. And I'm like, I don't know nothing about that. But my, uh, even my children going through things when they, when they're facing tough things or, or you know, my daughter is, had to go through some court issues and had to deal with some family matters and had to deal with a lawyer. And, and so my wife was like, listen, this is what you do. This is how you handle this? Yeah, she's been down that road with some other people before and she has some wisdom there. But even if she didn't know how, know exactly what the answer was, she brings a confidence to say, 
We're going to find out what to do and how we're going to ask questions or we're going to find out what to do and then we're going to move on from there. But she has an ability to calm the situation. She has an ability to, to take a, a situation that would normally cause you to want to run the other way and never stop running like Forrest Gump. Keep running. No, she has the ability to calm that situation down and say, listen, God is going to help us. And she always brings God into the situation. Our Heavenly Father, through what Jesus Christ has done, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to help us to, to find out what to do, and we are going to trust God. One of the uh, phrases she says all the times: we're going to trust God. We're going to trust God on what to do, and God is going to show us. And the Lord always comes through. He always shows Himself strong. God is so good that whatever situation we find ourselves in, he is the answer. And when we read his word, it rings on the inside of us and stirs our spirit man up. And life comes when you're, when you're faced with a tough situation and you, and you begin to read, just like this verse here. If you re read this, God said in verse five, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. That one word from God is enough to change your life. One revelation or revealed word from God is enough to change your whole world. All you need is that revelation. It's, it's many people read the Bible and they, they don't always get anything out of it. But when it jumps off of the page and it becomes real to you, it becomes life. It becomes strength. It becomes what you need. Jesus said his words are spirit and they are life. Many people didn't get it when Jesus walked on the earth and he, he spoke the things of the kingdom and he spoke the, the things that God was telling him to speak in the earth and to, and to get people to understand who God was and how the kingdom really operated. They didn't understand it very well. And he told them, listen, you're looking at this with a natural mind, but my words are spirit and life. They are living. These words that I speak to you will carry you through a situation, they will give you life and give you strength. They will feed your inner man. Just like taking when you're, you're starving or you feel like you're, you're so weak because you haven't eaten. And when you eat food in your natural body and all of a sudden your body gets strength and you're like, wow, man, I'm ready to go. That's what the word of God does to your inner man, to your spirit. It causes life to come and to be strengthened your soul is strengthened by the living Word of God. It feeds you and causes you to have a supernatural strength that you didn't have, just like the courage to deal with a situation, a, a situation you need courage to, to talk to someone or, or to walk through or to, or to go face a situation. The Word of God will give you strength to go through and to stand up and then say, hey, I know that the feelings of fear are there, but I'm going to keep pressing through. I know the feelings and the emotions or, or anger or, 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 or uh, anguish or, or grief or fear or dread or all these different emotions that are going on. But the Lord God is with me and he will never abandon me. And I'm going to walk through this. And I know that God is by me and with me and in me. And he's going to take care of me and help me through this. I'm not alone. 
I guarantee you, if you begin to talk like that in your situation and you begin to call upon the name of the Lord and you walk your floor and you begin to worship the Lord, you begin to pray and you begin to call on the name of the Lord or you begin to quote scriptures and you begin to read where the Lord had showed you before about your situation, how God is going to help you. And it jumped off the page. The Lord is with me. He'll never fail me. He'll never abandon me. I don't have to worry about him leaving me. Everybody else might leave me. Everybody else might turn away, but he will never abandon me. And then it goes on to say, uh, verse 7, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good, good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Verse uh, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That right there is a scripture that you can stand on. If you're concerned or you're worried or you're fearful, remember as Christ walked the earth, as Christ was there in the beginning when the earth was created, Christ is in you by the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Did he ever fail? Did anybody ever come to him and he was not able to fix their situation? Was there anybody in the Bible that you can, you can find where there is an example of someone who came to Jesus and Jesus could not fix the problem? It wasn't death. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, um, leprosy. It wasn't blind eyes. It wasn't the deaf. It wasn't demonic, uh, uh um, obsession or, or possession. It wasn't demonic influence or oppression. Jesus healed and delivered all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus Christ raised the dead, healed the blind, cast out devils, healed the sick, the lame, the everything you can think of, every situation. Is there any situation they found themselves in where Jesus Christ was not able to overcome or to bring to that? There were 5,000 people that needed to be fed. What happened? Five low, the low and the fishes fed 5,000 men and the women. It was was probably over 10 or 12,000 people, including women and children. All of these things that happened when they needed money for taxes. Jesus said, what? Peter, go go fishing and and the first fish you catch, uh, get the money out of the fish's mouth. He had never done that before. He could have never thought that up, but God had an answer for every situation that they were in. Did he ever fail? He did not. So whatever situation you find yourself in, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He didn't get, he, he, there, there isn't, uh, too many things that have gone on today that Jesus says, wow, I'm, I don't know nothing about the internet. I don't know anything about this new world system that's going on. Man, I didn't have to deal with that. I don't know how to help these people. Jesus knows how to help every person with every situation that we are in and everything that we walk through, whatever we are dealing with, he knows how to handle it. Every situation that was brought to him, he, he had and was the answer. Because he is God. He is everything that that is created in this universe came from him and through him. And there is nothing that will ever go on in this earth or, or happen that will not end with him. He is the beginning and the end. God is the answer and the source of everything that we have need of. And he has the answer for whatever you're walking through, whatever you need. It's right here. You can dig it out and you can find it. And let me go in verse uh, verse nine. I'm about running out of time. 
In verse nine, said, so do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. It doesn't come, your help does not come by your tradition or religion or, or following the, the, all the rules and regulations and the guidelines because you're going to fail at something. You're going to miss it at some point, but your strength comes from God's grace. The Passion Translation says in verse nine, so don't let anyone lead you astray with all sorts of novel exotic teachings. It is more beautiful to feast on grace and to be inwardly strengthened than to be obsessed with dietary rules, which in themselves have no lasting benefit. So if you think that you can, you can be pleasing to God just by, by doing rituals and, and doing all, all religious deeds and, and ideas and, and benevolence and everything else. Yes, it's part of who you are and part of what you should do, but it's not where your grace or your source comes from. It's not what provides for you. It is not a reward for you. A grace and the, the gift of God, the uh, salvation and the, the gifts of God are that. They are gifts. They're not rewards. They're not, God's not paying us for what we did, but God has bestowed upon us so that we would do greater things. We would do more. We would do uh, good things. But the good things that we do are not what gives us the right or the grace or the power, or the anointing of God. That comes from God himself, and he's given it to anyone who would believe. It is trusting in the Lord, having faith in him, trusting in what he did, and trusting in his word and obeying it and being obedient to it, walking it out by faith. And as you follow after God and you walk by faith and you declare over your family, you declare over the situation and you declare that God is my source. He's my help. He's my strength. He's everything that I have need of. Watch the devil run and flee. When you stop looking at yourself and you stop looking at man or stop looking for this world to meet your needs and look to God and put your faith and trust in God and be obedient to that inward unction. When the Lord tells you to give, give. When he tells you to call someone, call. When he tells you that when you get that on the inside to, to help someone, you're moved with compassion. Move on it. Move with that unction. And when you're led by the Holy Spirit and you begin to act on it, watch the favor of God just begin to pour into your life and the blessings of the Lord. Now let me go ahead and end this in prayer. God is your source, your strength, and pleasing God is loving one another and doing what God has put on the inside of you to do. Father, in the name that is above every name, Lord, we worship you today. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your strength, your passion, your compassion on the inside of us. And Lord, revealing to us how to be pleasing to you and to to live our life lord god as a sacrifice to you to 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 give up the things we need to give up and to and the lord to give to you what we need to give and watch you move on our behalf and you always do more than what we do you always give back more lord god than we could ever give you're so good to us, so grateful, and 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 God, so full of grace and mercy. And we thank you today, Lord, in the name that's above every name, the precious name of Jesus. Amen.